here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, all you fans of the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, thank you for being here once again. And for those of you who are new to the space, my job is to uncover the best of the best indie singer, songwriters, musicians, bands, authors, speakers, and thought leaders from around the world and present them to you before they get discovered by the mainstream. This is the podcast you will find undiscovered talent before they hit the big time. It's what we do. Today I've got something really, really different for you guys, and what I'd like to do is present the launch of my new book. It's kind of a relaunch, actually. It's been through a lot of metamorphosis, but this is called The Seven Steps to Mental Freedom. For anyone out there who is struggling with anxiety, depression, or maybe you know somebody in your world who struggles with this situation, much like I did most of my life, I'd like you to turn them on to this episode. Please forward this to a friend or a friend of a friend just so they can take a listen and see if this is something that can help them. Don't forget, if you are an artist and you have your music out there and you've been on this show, you should be on the Dharmic Rising Stars playlist. It's a Spotify playlist. We put them out specially for the artists who have been on this show. It's always in the show notes. You can check out who's on there, who's trending, who's got what song out, something that you can just add to the marketing efforts of your music. So without any delay, let's get into the seven steps to mental freedom. Step number one, let's move. This one I learned over 20 years ago from Tony Robbins, and it remains at the top of my list. Get up, get out, get moving. It really is that simple. You don't even need any complicated exercise program, um, although anything physical will help. Just start walking. Then maybe you turn into a faster walk. As your blood gets moving, then perhaps a jog. Um, you ever notice that you know, we sit around, most of the time when you get depressed, you're usually in a sedentary state. You're either sitting, you're laying down, and you just get, you just stay in that chair or on that couch, and you just kind of wallow in it and let yourself continue to be upset and depressed. Um, when you change your body, you change your mind. We have an old saying in the yoga community, which I did for like many, many years, probably over 15 years um, before the pandemic hit. And uh, the saying used to go, the hardest part is just showing up. And it's so true because, you know, once you get there, you know, it's just making up your mind to either get in the car and drive there, walk there, whatever your, your, wherever your place is and just show up then the instructor kind of takes over for you because you get in there and you do what you're told. So after the first couple of minutes, you're in a groove and you're picking up all this energy from other people surrounding you. And you're just so thankful that you went and you did your hour workout and you got a good sweat in and you exercised all your muscles and you feel fantastic. So hardest part is just showing up. So just show up. You know, it's so easy to just turn on the TV, you know, flop into an easy chair or a couch, open a big bag of potato chips and a beer. But if you're feeling low and depressed, you just put three more strikes against feeling better. No movement, bad food, and alcohol. 
you will not be feeling better today. Now, what will moving do? It will accomplish the following. Releasing feel-good endorphins, natural cannabis-like brain chemicals, endogenous cannabinoids, and other natural brain chemicals that can enhance your sense of well-being. This is what happens when you move the blood, when you exercise. It can also take your mind off worries so you can get away from the cycle of negative thoughts that feed depression and anxiety. And it's all in your, a lot of this is just in your mind that you just, you embrace that worry. You don't have to do that. You get to choose your thoughts. And finally, doing 30 minutes or more of exercise per day for three to five days a week may significantly improve depression or anxiety symptoms. But smaller amounts of physical activity, as little as 10 to 15 minutes at a time, may make a difference. It may take less time exercising to improve your mood when you do more vigorous activities, such as running or bicycling. So if those are your jams, get on it, man. Um, get, a, get a partner. You know, go, go with somebody. Run with somebody. I hired a coach to teach me how to run. <laughs> teach me how to run. That's really funny. I always, I hated running. I really sucked at it. I was terrible at it my whole life. And then the pandemic came and I couldn't do the, the hot yoga anymore. So I said, well, I'll be damned. I'm not going to sit on my ass and do nothing for however long this thing lasts. My coach was actually my fiance and I didn't really hire her. She did it out of the, the graciousness of her heart, but she's done all the major marathons many times. So she started coaching me. We started running together and I started off, you know, just terrible. And, you know, I, I can do seven miles now. One of the things we all seem to encounter is resistance. You know, I travel often, and when I get home, I seem to have this same experience each time I land my suitcase on the couch. And I just throw it on there, and I, I walk past it a few times, and I go, ah, I'll, I'll unpack that tomorrow. But then I go, I go through the same routine each and every time. Uh, I unzip the suitcase. Then I take out the first two or three items. I sort of put them away thinking, you know, I'll get the rest of it later tomorrow. I'll keep walking past it. And then five minutes later, I realize I'm halfway through the unpacking process. What happened? You know, it's that resistance. By not hyper-focusing on avoidance, I end up unpacking my entire suitcase in about 10 minutes. Suitcase put away in the closet, clothes hung up or put in the laundry, and I'm ready for what tomorrow brings. And all this happens with a smile on my face and not even thinking about the process. So it should be with let's move. You got to shake off the depressive thoughts that are trying to control you. And like the Greek mythologists used to say, just get going and the gods will join in. And of course, I changed that to just get going and God will join in. And he will. So let's get moving. Step number two, let's laugh. Oh, this is great. I got to read you this uh, little piece of scripture. This comes from Jesus Calling, written by Sarah Young, which is uh, one of my morning... Um, routines. And it's so appropriate that at the time I'm recording this, I happened to read this this morning for uh, June 17th is the, is the actual day that this was written. So it goes, learn to laugh at yourself more freely. Don't take yourself or your circumstances so seriously. 
Relax and know that I am God with you. When you desire my will above all else, life becomes much less threatening. Stop trying to monitor my responsibilities, things that are beyond your control. Find freedom by accepting the boundaries of your domain. Laughter lightens your load and lifts your heart into heavenly places. Your laughter rises to heaven and blends with angelic melodies of praise. Just as parents delight in the laughter of their children, so I delight in hearing my children laugh. I rejoice when you trust me enough to enjoy your life lightheartedly. Do not miss the joy of my presence by carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Rather, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is comfortable and pleasant. My burden is light and easily borne. Now, does that give you comfort or what? <laughs> so uh, we're not always in charge like we think we are. So let me get back to uh, step number two, chapter two, let's laugh. So use disruptive tactics like putting on a few comedy clips. For me, it's usually the Three Stooges. Um, I have like all these uh, catalogs of their old videotapes or their CDs rather and uh, put them on once in a blue moon to just get a laugh. You know, there's nothing better than putting this thing called life into its proper perspective. In other words, don't take everything so seriously that you forget that we need to laugh. When you look at three adult men sleeping in the same bed till noon, fully clothed, you know that your life is really very good comparatively. So what does laughter do for us? Well, laughing releases endorphins, the body's feel-good chemicals. Therefore, it provides short-term relief from tension and worry. Moreover, laughing reduces stress and strengthens social connections. As a result, one of the many benefits of laughter and humor is the power to combat anxiety and depression, according to researchers. Therefore, laughter is good medicine for mental health. Laughter is also a good tool to connect in social settings. Go to a comedy club, meet new people, change your entire perspective. Get busy and start laughing your ass off. Did you ever find yourself in such a dark, depressive state that nothing seemed good or worthwhile? Find your funny bone. Sometimes my fiancé will say the funniest thing that snaps me out of that dark state of brooding. I then find myself laughing and realizing how I had overreacted to whatever small thing that was bothering me. Instead of heading these moods off, we tend to wallow in the discomfort as if this discomfort is our only best friend. Isn't that strange? We all do that. And um, again, you get to choose your own thoughts. Choose the good ones. Did you ever notice that when we start laughing at something, your whole mood changes in an instant? The phrase, laughter is the best medicine, is so true. It's one way to forget your troubles. Think about the now and not the tomorrow. As Jesus teaches, tomorrow will have enough trouble in of itself. Put your focus on today and him, by the way. If you don't have a significant other in your life right now, pick up the phone with somebody you like and trust. Have a real conversation and turn it into something humorous if you are willing. This will not take very long before you are both laughing and reminiscing about some past hilarious experience. 
Suddenly, your entire perspective on life has changed. Chalk up another win. <laughs> Step number three. Let's help somebody. If you're feeling low, one of the fastest turnarounds for your mood of self-pity, oh poor me, isolationism, and falling down and worshiping your own discomfort is to find someone who is really struggling. And this all puts it into perspective, doesn't it? There are plenty out there who have real struggles, not enough food, water, no place to sleep. If you want to change your mood and your core beliefs, find someone who needs a kind word, a sandwich, a cup of coffee, or just a smile and a handshake. While many of us feel too stressed and busy to worry about helping others, or say we'll focus on doing good deeds when we have more spare time, evidence shows that helping others is actually beneficial for your own mental health and well-being, and even benefits your physical health. I challenge you to go up to the next stranger that you see that looks like they're having trouble making ends meet. Or if that is too much of a leap, check out people getting in their cars with groceries or using a walker and ask if you can help. It takes very little time and effort and I promise it will leave them with a feeling of gratitude. And it will also leave you with a warm glow in your heart. And the gratitude you feel will be even greater than theirs. Now get out there and help somebody today. Do not wait until tomorrow. Somebody needs you right now. And this is something that I promise you, if you practice this, um, you will start to feel a blessing you've never felt before because it goes both ways. You bless the person that you're helping, but you're also blessed by the act of doing something for others. And there's a whole bunch of little things you can do, like, you know, going to the grocery store and helping somebody out. I like to park at the grocery store at the farthest away parking spot I can find because it'll save room for those you know, elderly people or people with injuries to get the spaces closer to the building. And I know it's a silly little thing, but little things add up and they add up quickly and they make a difference. You know, collectively, if we're all doing little things, um, it, it turns into a whole bunch of big things. Oftentimes we may feel that this is too condescending a move or we're shy or too locked up in our own personal struggles to look outside of ourselves to do something for somebody. But that's exactly the recipe for growth and curing your own ailments. God is a genius when it comes to shifting attention spans to where they need to be at the perfect time. Did you ever go up to someone with no legs in a wheelchair and say hello? You can become instantly ashamed when you see the smile on their face and the grateful nature shining from their eyes. What was I just complaining about? You know, that's what you ask yourself. By turning your attention to someone far less fortunate than us, we immediately go all in to try to serve in some capacity and come away with a new sense of self-worth and perhaps a new friend. That's happened to me many times. Uh, just, you know, driving, you know, on my errands or whatever, and I run into people in wheelchairs or whatever, and, uh, you know, you befriend them and you, you just... You just find out a little bit about their day and spend some time with them, maybe buy them a soda or a lunch or something like that. So give it a try. Get out there and help somebody today. Hey, yeah. oh. Step number four, 
Let's use music to heal. Speak to me. And of course, this is a special chapter for me and for a lot of you who follow the Dharmic Evolution podcast because a lot of us are musicians or songwriters or both or some kind of artist. Even my authors, speakers, and thought leaders are all artistic in some way or another. So speaking about music, it's the key to so much that happens within us. We take it for granted. I always say that it's one of God's three greatest gifts, right next to love and family. We have all heard stories of people with afflictions or diseases that have been miraculously touched by music. On my podcast, The Dharmic Evolution, during an interview with Kinder Jazz, a band from Australia that specializes in original jazz music written to teach kids, Cristobal Llewellyn shares with me a story about a young boy that had a brain tumor and was suffering terribly. His parents brought him to a live music event and he suddenly latched on to the tenor sax performance and started dancing in the mosh pit and was wildly celebrating this newfound musical discovery. His parents immediately got him signed up for sax lessons and he never looked back. He's now completely recovered from his illness and he is, of course, a tenor sax player. And you can listen to this story um, on the Dharmic Evolution, episode 103, uh, Kinder Jazz, and get the whole story about what happened with that and how Kinder Jazz um, made it their mission to do you know, a complete jazz ensemble um, for children. And it's been wildly successful. So if you get a chance, take a listen to that. There's countless stories out there about how music can help overcome a depressive state simply by changing your state of mind. Put on one of your favorite songs. It can be a tender ballad that brings you back to a time of new love, new experience, or something very upbeat that makes you want to break into a run. No matter what you choose, the odds are great that you will begin having a new experience in your mind, and that old depressive feeling will fade away quickly, if not immediately. And those of us who are songwriters can really appreciate that feeling when we finish a new composition. Uh, how great does that feel when you finish a song or you take it to the next level and you demo it and you hear the possibilities? Or maybe you bring it into a studio and do it professionally and hear it during the mix and the mastering and the elated feeling you get from accomplishment and what it does for you emotionally and spiritually is really hard to, um, it's hard to even describe. So next time you're feeling low, grab your phone, pull out your headphones, hit up your favorite playlist, and head for a trail in the woods. There is nothing quite like being inspired by the beauty of music. Do you have a guitar or a piano at your house? If so, sit down and play for 10 or 15 minutes. You don't need to be a professional or you don't even need to be very good. Just find some notes that inspire, that lift you up, and simply witness your transformation. So let's use music to heal. Step number five, let's eat something wholesome. Mm. 
There is more and more evidence each day about how a healthy meal plan contributes to better mental health, not just physical health. You know, I changed up my meal plan about, I guess it's four or five years now. Um, I dropped 20 pounds and have not only kept it off, but I am more focused, driven, and have a more evenly distributed energy supply each and every day. No wild swings and then crashes. Um, you know, no going without food, no going hungry, none of that. I eat as much food as I want. And notice I said meal plan, not diet. Diets don't work. They never have and they never will. I eat as much food as I want and I'm just selective about what I eat. So I'm going to share this list that I borrowed from the Kendall at Oberlin blog post titled Diet Considerations for a Healthy Mind. You'll find this list repeated over and over in so many similar types, best food articles. After scanning this, I spotted eight out of 10 foods that I eat almost every day. And here they are, dark chocolate with at least 85% cacao, because that's the real chocolate. Don't be buying those, you know, Halloween candy bars because they're just loaded with sugar, which is the worst thing for you in the world. Then there's turmeric always have trouble saying that. Turmeric, because it's T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. Kale, sweet potatoes, berries, which are blackberry, blueberry, cranberry, raspberry, and strawberry, garbanzo beans, walnuts, fish with omega-3 fatty acids. That would be mackerel, lake trout, herring, wild salmon, red wine, yay, and green tea. <laughs> yay again. And by the way, the more fish you can eat, I think, is so much better for you than um, stay away from the red meats. Uh, I'm trying to do really good with that. I do love a good steak, but uh, I'm trying to stay with mostly vegetables and uh, fish uh, in, in this, as a supplement to, you know, steak and hamburgers and things like that. So I eat very little red meat anymore. Do you ever sit on the couch after you ate something you shouldn't have and feel disgusted with yourself? I know we've all done this, had that extra glass of wine, and the next morning you're kicking yourself for doing so. Never do it again. Never make the mistake of not allowing yourself to feel your absolute best each and every morning and evening and all throughout the day. It only takes some focus and attention. And of course, stocking your kitchen with things that are healthy for you. Then at least you have predefined what you will eat and what you will not. Start today and you will be on your way to a new way of living. Yes, many of the answers to a healthy, happy mind and body are right there in your kitchen cupboard. One of the things that I discovered in creating my new meal plan that I live by is that the more wholesome and healthy food you eat, the more your body embraces and longs for that good treatment. The opposite is true if you go for those fast food burger places with their giant supersized sodas and fries and you know all that grease, your body will start to crave all that sugar and salt. It's poison, stay away, it will kill you in the long run. If you need social proof, next time you're in one of those fast food places, take a look at the waistlines on most of the people there and what they are eating. That says it all, eh? As my Canadian friends would say, eat healthy and be happy. 
And don't forget to eat something wholesome. Wow! Yes, I knew you would be impressed, you little smurf. Step number six, let's love the drugs. <laughs> no, I am not talking about social, recreational, and illegal drugs. I'm talking about the ones that you are wired to enjoy anytime you choose. Dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline, oxytocin, they are all within our ability to enjoy whenever we decide to manufacture them. Like the roller coaster ride or hang gliding. You just climb aboard and you receive that flood of endorphins that start kicking in and you say to yourself, wow, where did that come from? We tend to forget about this experience and you can receive this benefit with all kinds of different activities if you choose to. And I think you should choose to because there is nothing like feeling good. This goes back to what I stated previously. I want the dopamine and serotonin, adrenaline and the oxytocin as they are the things that keep you young and healthy. When you are a teenager, you never think twice about jumping on the fastest, highest Ferris wheel or the scariest roller coaster. But as you get older, you start to taper off and say, nah, you know what, I'm watching TV or I'm going out for coffee. We forget that many of us can still take our shirt off, just start running or jump on a bike and take a ride. So we've got to remind ourselves that these things are really, really good for us. So that's what I'm saying about the drugs. That's the stuff that we want. We want the natural drugs. We want to feel amazing. Typically, oxytocin is considered beneficial to mental health due to its prosocial benefits and its ability to reduce stress and anxiety. People who release more oxytocin are happier and have more satisfying relationships. On the surface, oxytocin seems to be responsible for some of humanity's more admirable traits such as love, loyalty, trustworthiness, courage, and empathy. So oxytocin has gotten a lot of press as a panacea that could bring about world peace and turn mankind into one big happy family, but that's an oversimplification. Experts believe that oxytocin is not the ultimate love molecule, but more accurately, acts as a social emotion amplifier. It dials up social emotions, both positive and negative, ostensibly for your protection. So you got to be careful about that. You know, it can cut both ways. What's dopamine? Well, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that our brain produces to nudge us into doing things. It's the main reason why we can focus and achieve great things, even if the payout isn't immediate or obvious. But don't worry, you can't even take dopamine since it's something your brain produces for itself. But what you can do is increase dopamine in your system to help you stay focused, productive, and motivated. Aside from being the ultimate motivator, having a constant supply of dopamine in your system has a few other fringe benefits helps you lose weight, makes you feel more alive, improves your memory, stops self-destructive behavior, including certain addictions. That's a big one. Counteracts depression. That's an even bigger one. <laughs> Let's you resist impulsive behavior, and it even helps you avoid Parkinson's disease. If you want to be productive and get things done, here are a few ways to boost your dopamine levels 
Tyrosone is the building block of dopamine, so make sure that you have enough of this protein in you. Fortunately, it's easy enough to find this. Here are some common foods that have loads of tyrosine. Almonds, avocados, bananas, beef, chicken, chocolate, coffee, eggs, green tea, milk, watermelon, yogurt. I think I eat everything on there except milk. I gave dairy up a long time ago, except for cheese once in a while. But those are the things that can do a lot for you. So let's get out there and love the drugs. Step number seven, let's love nature. All right, this is a big one. You gotta love nature. If you're not doing enough of this, get out there and do more. Spending time in forests, hiking in the mountains, and just being outside can lead to significant health benefits. Studies have shown that walking in the woods can improve blood pressure, boost mental health, and decrease cancer risk. So go spend some time forest bathing to improve your health. A new report published today reveals that exposure to green space reduces the risk of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, premature death, preterm birth, stress, and high blood pressure. Populations with higher levels of green space exposure are also most likely to report good overall health, according to global data involving more than 290 million people. Lead author, Kamami Twig Bennett from UEA's Norwich Medical School said, spending time in nature certainly makes us feel healthier, but until now, the impact on our long-term well-being hasn't been fully understood. There's nothing better than fresh air and nature sounds. These are the things that inspire this singer-songwriter, and I hope you have picked up some helpful tips from this book that will inspire you to the point that depression becomes a faded memory. Do you ever find yourself feeling calmer, more relaxed, or more focused after spending time in nature? That's because time outside has studied and proven benefits for your mental health. Mental illness affects one in five Canadians in any given year. Let's talk about what some vitamin N can do for your mental health, meaning nature, of course. A simple stay in the outdoors can do wonders for relieving anxiety, stress, and depression. A simple stay in the outdoors can do wonders for relieving anxiety, stress, and depression. Countless studies have proven that nature has a positive effect on your mental health. What you see, hear, and experience in nature can improve your mood in a moment. There is a strong connection between time spent in nature and reduced negative emotions. This includes symptoms of anxiety, depression, and psychosomatic illnesses like irritability, insomnia, tension headaches, and indigestion. Feeling stressed? Research shows a link between exposure to nature and stress reduction. Stress is relieved within minutes of exposure to nature as measured by muscle tension, blood pressure, and brain activity. Time in green spaces significantly reduces your cortisol, which is a stress hormone. 
Nature also boosts endorphin levels and dopamine production, which promotes happiness. One study found that 30 minutes of nature exposure per week reduces depression by 7% and can reduce high blood pressure by 9%. One of the really interesting things this study shows is that nature contact during the workday leads to lower stress and higher job satisfaction. Are you stuck on a project or idea? Being outside also improves creative thinking. Proximity to green space can restore the capacity for concentration and attention. Trouble sleeping? A two-hour walk in the woods is enough to improve sleep quality and help relieve sleep problems. Sleeping away from artificial light and waking up with natural sunlight can reset your circadian rhythm, which will help you feel refreshed after a better night's sleep. Nature can also help with the grief process. This is because exposure to nature causes better coping, including improved self-awareness, self-concept, and positively affected mood. The positive effects of nature affect the way you treat others. People are more caring and positive when they are exposed to and around various forms of nature. Getting outdoors doesn't have to be a lot of work. There are a lot of simple ways you can get quality time in nature. Start with taking a walk in the woods. Nature walks help combat stress while improving mental well-being. Want to take your walk to the next level? Try spending time in the forest. It will change you if you allow the silence to stay a while. Move your workout into the outdoors. Regular use of natural areas for physical activity can reduce the risk of mental health problems by 50%. Completing activities like walking, cycling, jogging, or doing yoga in a natural environment makes you happier than in the city. I got a chance to do yoga on the beach in Costa Rica, which was a real rush. They had wood platforms under the palm trees that you set up your yoga mat on. That was really, really cool. Engage your senses to maximize the health benefits of being outside. Breathe deep as the scent of fresh pine has been shown to lower stress and anxiety. Make sure to pause and listen. As studies show that listening to nature sounds like bird songs, rushing water can help lower stress levels. Depending on how advanced you are in your journey, this takes quite a bit of time and patience, but stay with it and you won't believe the feelings of peace and tranquility that you have been missing out on. Book a camping trip. Immersing yourself in nature for a long period of time is the best way to absorb health benefits of the outdoors. A dear friend of mine and I started this annual camping trip about 30 years ago, and we've never missed our four-day, three-night wilderness lake trip to the Adirondacks until the pandemic came along, of course, but we're back on it again. The benefits of this trip are hard to imagine unless you have done it. Cooking all your own food, bonding with dear friends and family, playing guitars around the campfire, and the isolation, the sound of a loon across the lake, it's all out of a storybook. You know, I wear reading glasses and I don't dare put them on for four days that we're on the lake and in the forest. And I swear, every year I come back with noticeably improved eyesight. And they say that the forest green is the easiest on the eyes, perhaps because it occupies the lower bands of the visible electromagnetic spectrum and the area of 495 to 570 nanometers where the reds are up around 620 to 750 
nanometers. And if you have blue eyes like I do, um, they're sensitive to light and harsh light. So what happens is, you know, I'm driving home and I'm not even wearing like glasses for the first like hour or so. And something about the green in the forest is just really, really great. It just feels so comforting on my eyes and I can go without glasses for the four days that we're there. Um, I love it. So, you know, if you haven't been spending the time in nature, please do so. Get out there and let's love the nature. Okay, that's your seven steps to mental freedom, but whoa, wait a minute. There's the bonus chapter. It's the bonus step, chapter eight. Let's love the Lord. And this is probably the most important chapter of the whole book. The bonus step, number eight, you gotta love God. I firmly believe that we do not spend enough time investing in our spiritual life. We are so focused on gathering as many materials, money, possessions as we possibly can that we feel as though this will keep us safe from some looming catastrophe, but nothing could be further from the truth. I spend the first 30 to 40 minutes of my day in prayer and meditation with the Lord. It's the only way to start each and every day. I have experienced the power of prayer and its results many times. I hope that you include the Lord in your life, and if nothing else, I hope I make you curious enough to start now. It is never too late. Um, I started a prison ministry um, a while back uh, where I perform my original songs and tell stories about Jesus and also me living in my car and the Shell Station ladies' room for a short time as a young, depressed, angry, and confused kid. Um, I was still in my late teens, I think, at the time. And by the end of my 90-minute set, I can see by the looks on the faces of some of these men and women who are incarcerated that they are thinking it over and, you know, curious about the Lord because perhaps no one ever challenged and invited their independent thinking about the subject. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm challenging you and hoping I make a difference in the way you think about what is possible. Consider investing in your future. That is your gift opportunity to eternity. Having a relationship with the Lord is not so unlike having a relationship with a fellow human being. You need to reach out and make a connection. If you don't make the effort, it is unlikely to happen. You don't have because you don't ask. And that's in the book of James 4.2. It is a never-ending learning journey, but one that will bring you fabulous rewards if you stay the course. You know, we're really here on earth for such a short bus stop. Did you ever notice that as each year flies by, that it does so with ever-increasing exponential speed? Do you ponder what your life is here on earth? Why were you born? What is your purpose? And then what happens when you pass? It is imperative that in these final days that you open a relationship with the Lord. As He watches with His magnificent omnipresence, He knows your every thought and your every motive. However, he does so with love. You were created out of pure love, 
and you should rise to that gift and reach out right now. The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in His unfailing love. That's Psalm 147.11. Realize and recognize your fabulous purpose in this life. You have time to make such a difference in someone's life through the gifts that you have been blessed with. Perhaps no one ever told you what you have, but you have been blessed with something that no one else on this planet has. That is God's blessings. Your uniqueness. May the seven steps to mental freedom help you uncover it, nurture it, make it grow, and bless others with it. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's Matthew 6.33. Well, okay, you've got your seven steps. Now let's make that change. I have taken away all of your excuses. It's time to get out there and fight for you. Now that you own all these tools, you can leverage them with the power of prayer. It is important to be investing in your spiritual life just as much as your physical life, even more so, as you should be having counsel with God daily to ensure that your spirit is healthy. Use the seven steps to mental freedom every day as I do, then watch your transformation. Can I get an amen on that? Well, not quite an amen, but I'll take it. So that wraps it up for the seven steps to mental freedom. And may you live a long, happy, healthy, and prosperous life in Jesus' holy name. That's coming from me, Chaplain James Kevin O'Connor. And in parting, I know that you know someone out there who needs this information. Please forward this to them, this podcast. And also, you can just go to 7stepstomentalfreedom.com. That's the number 7, stepstomentalfreedom.com. In trying to select the right music to take us out, the Holy Spirit just gave me a little kick in the ribs. So we're going to go out today with... Here to share and care. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters. Did you ever stare into darkness and look for the light? Have you ever? That makes your heart come alive A simple act of kindness Will nurture a spark in your heart You've just sown the seed To help someone in need We all love, we all cry Compassion, comfort, and kindness 
our virtuous foundations laid Know what it feels like to be lonely, hungry and cold A smile will arise as you give yours away We should feel this way Every day Yeah. And actively care